Hello, everyone, and welcome to Do To Like Movies, a weekly uh, movie podcast where myself and my co-host, Alec, we uh, talk about movies. Um, this week, no exception, if you're listening to us for the first time, whether you're watching us on Facebook or if you're listening via Spotify, Apple Music, or any of those uh, podcast services, want to say thank you for checking us out. And um, yeah, this week, I want to give a special shout out to my friend, Justin, who uh, works at, I believe it's called Exposed Temptations Tattoo in Manassas, Virginia. I just recently got a tattoo from him. Um, don't really feel like showing it off because it's on my back um, and it's covered up right now with a Band-Aid. Really anyway, cool. but um, just want to say he did a great job. If you're in the Manassas area, hit up Justin at Exposed Temptations Tattoo because he's great. Um, he's still an apprentice, so he can't do anything huge right now, but I, he did a great job. Um, he's a friend of mine. I've known him for years. I was in a band with him. So yeah, he's, he's a really cool dude. So check him out. Anyway, <clears throat> so a couple things we want to talk about. Um, the Oscar nominations came out today. Alec, did you see the nominations? I looked at a quick glance of the list and I looked at them and I was like, oh boy, I have seen only one of the movies for best picture. I know some of the actors for best actor, like, you know, Travis Bozeman, Anthony Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I looked at that and I was like, "Damn, I need to, I need to start watching some of these because I just this year I just have not had any or last year rather I had no time mm-hmm. with Luna because I was working. I um, and I just had zero. I will say the Oscar nominations because not as many movies came out this year, so the nominations are a little bit weird. I mean, like they're not weird, but like they're. They're not like the they're not like the movies that you would think. Like it's like like uh, nominations are pretty. I mean, I wouldn't say surprising, but just kind of like you wouldn't expect it, I guess. Yeah, because I mean, like it's not like one of like uh, what was that year? Uh, Twenty sixteen. I don't know if you remember those Oscar nominations. Like, I think everybody and their mother had heard of all the movies that um, that were nominated, like Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, Manchester mm-hmm. by the Sea, and then you came to this year where we had the virus, and everyone's like. Well, I've never really heard of this movie, but I know who the guy who's in it kind of. I guess thing. I guess what we're trying to say is there was there were slim pickings this year for movies. So, really, really. Um, that being said, um, I did this past weekend watch a couple of movies because um, they were on HBO and Hulu. I did want to point out I wanted to see Judas and the Black Messiah. I thought it was on um, HBO Max, but um, <clears throat> turns out I missed my window of opportunity to watch it. So you know, oh well. Um, anyway, I did see a couple other movies. I saw two movies on Hulu and I saw two movies on Netflix and I will go in the order that I saw them. Um, except I will save one of them for last because you've seen that one as well. So just going to give some, uh, brief, uh, overviews of these movies and some, uh, little comments that I had. I made some comments and, um, if you want to chime in with a little comment here and there, feel free. Uh, the first movie that I saw, it was on Hulu, was uh, Nomadland. You know what that is? I do not know. Okay, so basically, Frances McDormand, she worked at this um, plant, in, and, the, and like the whole company or something laid off all of its employees and shut down. This is based off a true story. I can't remember the name of the company was, but this is like 2011, and um, I don't think she plays a real character but i think she's based on a couple different people because it was based off of a book i think but anyway <clears throat> it's it's a set it's like realistic nonfiction, and um 
basically her husband has died. They both worked at the plant for years. So she kind of just is a nomad in that she travels across the country, takes odd jobs here and there just to make ends meet. She lives in her van. She kind of joins a little um, commune of nomads, like in this one area. Um, some real life nomads, I can't remember their names. They were in this movie. Some guy named Bob, he's like a real famous nomad. Oh. Um, <clears throat> I made a couple notes, but basically that's, that's the story. She kind of just goes around. Um, so first and foremost, Frances McDormand, great performance. You know, she's a great actress as always. Um, you know, she, she plays, I believe Fern is her name. And you see her at her, you know, as somebody who's just struggling and alone point, but she's trying to keep it together. And she, um, you know, is constantly offered help to, uh, you know, you can stay with us, you can stay with us. And then she constantly just moves from place to place. You can tell she's a very troubled, but, you know, not uh, completely dour person, if that makes sense, you know? She gives good nuances. Um, <clears throat> another uh, positive was uh, the direction was really good. Um, Chloe, I think her name is Zhao, I think. She's a Chinese-American um, <clears throat> director. And um, I believe she's doing a Marvel movie here soon. But anyway, um, great direction, great cinematography. Um, it makes you feel for uh, the people that, it, you know, that whole thing affected. It kind of, it, it shines in that it, it um, makes you feel for the people who don't really, you don't notice as much. You know, we, I mean, I guess I didn't realize there were that many nomads in the States. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, Even thinking U.S. Yeah. So just things like that. Um, and then one weak point was the story, but I guess it's not really a story-driven movie. It's more of a character-driven movie and just kind of like her situations. Um, I guess it's kind of the whole story as it goes through a year in her life and just the odd jobs. And then at the end of the movie, you know, spoiler, it kind of just repeats itself, you know? And so yeah. it's kind of just a story of her life that she's just living, you know? So like, there's not really a big story, but... I mean, overall, like I said, great performance. Um, we'll get into that later with the Oscar nominations. Great direction. I just thought the story was a little weak, you know. Um, little. I mean, the music was good, but just a little, I guess it was a little too melodramatic for me in some points. But overall, definitely, I'd give it a ooh, 7 out of 10, 7.5. Okay. Sounds interesting. I might have to watch it. Yeah, it's on Hulu. It was, it was pretty good. It was a little long. I think it was like an hour and 40 minutes, but it felt longer. Or it could have been close to two hours. I'm not sure, but okay, thing. Okay. <clears throat> uh, the next movie I saw on Hulu was uh, Palm Springs. You know what that is? I know what it is, but I haven't watched it. So basically, Andy Samberg plays a guy who's in a time loop, um, and he's reliving the same day over and over. it's basically kind of like Groundhog Day, sort mm -hmm. of. Um, but you don't see him before the loop. You just you, the movie starts, and it's just a random day in the loop, and then he. Um, it, he meets up with the maid of honor. Uh, I want to find that actress's name because it's, hold on one sec, because it's, I want to say her name right. Um, she was in, she was in The Wolf of Wall Street. She was his first wife in that movie. So, oh, okay. Her name's Christina, I believe. Hold on. Kristen Milioti, I think. Chris yeah, okay. she um, Anyway, yeah. Um, the other thing I've seen her in was with the Wolf of Wall Street. She was the first wife. But anyway, um, one day she, uh, you know, she and him are, you know, together, and um, 
I don't, yeah, he gets attacked by this one guy and he runs off into a cave and she follows him in and finds herself stuck in the time loop as well. And it's kind of just them. It's, it's a romantic comedy mixed with Groundhog Day, which is kind of interesting, you know? And I don't want to spoil too much because, um, <clears throat> uh, what's the word? I don't want, you, know, you might see it. But uh, no, it was enjoyable. It um, Andy Samberg, I thought, and well, her and uh, Kristen. I want to miss her name. Sorry, Kristen Malati. I, I, it's just hard for me to say that. I don't know why. Um, great chemistry, great performances. Um, kind of a little bit more philosophical in some points than you would expect, because they're like, you know, life is meaningless. You know, we don't age. You know, and all the good stuff. Uh, J.K. Simmons is in it. He does a good role. I'm not going to say what his role is. Um, but let me look at my notes here. Yeah, it. Great premise. It was a different twist on the time loop movie. Great chemistry between the leads. Um, there were some parts that were really funny. Like, you know, it's it, there's only so many ways you can say, you know, what the, you know, that. But they made it fun. And then um, I thought it was one of those movies that had a good heart. You know, it it, um, it was a good romantic comedy in that you you feel the actual authentic love between the two grow. And yeah, it's it's it was really good. I mean, in terms of Negatives, I mean, probably, I mean, it kind of goes into a little bit of the story trope that you would expect where, you know, of course they split up at one point and blah, 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 but, you know, not getting too much into details. But aside from that, I mean, I, I'd give it a good old eight and a half or nine out of 10. Okay. I mean, I did want to see it anyway because I knew Andy Samberg was in it. So I guess now it makes me, gives me more of a reason to watch it. Yeah, it's probably my favorite performance he's ever given. Really? Not even in uh in uh I enjoyed Popstar a lot, but in terms of like him being an actor, I thought he was really good in this movie. Okay, I can dig it. Yeah. Um and then I'm gonna skip over the next one I saw just because we're gonna save that for last. I saw Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. That was it was interesting. Um only an hour and a half long. And yeah, it 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 was pretty cool. Um that it was I had never heard of it till the list. You were telling you know, yeah, I was, I was, I was, um, what's the word surprised by how short it was. Um, I will say this, I looked it up. Apparently it's based off of a music or a play or a musical, one of the two. So it was produced by Denzel Washington and stars Viola Davis, who are both in fences. So and parts of it, it does remind me of fences just in the fact that that you could tell like fences was based off of a, um, a play. So in this, you could definitely tell because like there was like some monologues and there was some, you know, just the way they were acting. It felt very, you know, play acting as opposed to movie acting. You know what I mean? Like theater, you know, um, the movie, it's a great movie about the black culture. Um, it's more or less. So I don't know how, how big in the music history you are, but um, how, uh, when does it take place? It takes place. Okay. So all right, let me go back and tell the story. Uh, takes place in the 20s. Ma Rainey was a real blues, apparently the mother of the blues singer. And she, uh, it's basically a recording session for an album that she was, or, you know, a couple songs in Chicago, I believe it was. Um, and uh, Chadwick Boseman plays her trumpet player in her band. And there's another couple people in their band. And um, it's basically just the recording session. That's the story, you know? Um, and, you know, I mean, I can't really say too much else, but uh, uh, like I said, the movie, <clears throat> I mean, it's kind of getting into spoilers a little bit, but like, it, you know, whatever. The, um, spoiler alert if you, if you care or not, but um, 
So here's a little music history lesson. You know how like Elvis got famous and all that, and like Led Zeppelin, they took yeah. a lot of their music from black artists, like you know, Chuck Berry and uh, and Little Richard or Little Richie were some of the pioneers of rock. Yeah, I mean like Ma Rainey, she she was the blues, and she's singing a song in this movie. I think it's Hound Dog by um by Elvis. You know, you could tell like, and that's the thing is a lot of these '50s rock and roll white artists, and even like the '30s and '40s white artists would take music from black you know, writers and it would become popular because they were white, you know? And that's one of the points of this movie is, you know, that um, black people really got kind of screwed over when it came over to that because, you know, during the twenties, you know, it was the time of, um, I think Jim Crow was at that point and stuff, right? It was Jim Crow and, you know, segregation and, and racism all over in, in, in Chicago and um, just kind of, you know, I'm not going to, talk too much into this, but Chadwick Boseman, his characters, he wants to, you know, write and record his own music, and um, he kind of gets screwed over with that, so that's one of the plot points, and so it was a really interesting take, I guess, like, I mean, I'm sure the play's been around for longer than, you know, I know, but as, as somebody who is a musician and knows the kind of history behind it, that was kind of cool, and also just to see it from a Black perspective, it was kind of just like, well, yeah, you really do get screwed over, that sucks. Um, but then, let me see. Chadwick Boseman, I, I think he's going to get an Oscar. Even though he, he just died, I think he's going to get an Oscar because he gives a really good performance. You know, he can kind of go from that very, like, you know, 20s, like, jazz, kind of just, like, um, happy-go-lucky guy. You know, mm-hmm. he's happy he just bought new shoes to, you know, somebody who's telling a story about how, you know, a, a really traumatic experience from his childhood, things like that. Um, he gives a great monologue. I think he's probably going to get an Oscar for that movie. Um, Viola Davis, she was good. Uh, I don't know if she's going to get an Oscar, but you know, she was, she was good. Um, I thought her makeup, I mean, I, I guess it was just the twenties thing. I thought her makeup was a little weird, but you know, that's just. In the twenties. Yeah. Uh, the music was really good. You know, I'll get you into that music. Um, you know, I found myself humming, you know, some of the jazz songs that, uh, they were singing, you know, later on. And, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it was based off a play, so you know, you know, it's going to be good. <laughs> so, yeah. especially they'll produce it. I would give it a solid nine out of ten. Yeah, uh, um, I'm definitely going to watch it now. Well, yeah, and the thing is, too, I remember there was one scene where they're film where they're recording, and um, basically, <laughs> one of the mics doesn't work, so they're like, "Oh crap, that take is bad." And it's like, really? We just did the whole thing, and I can relate to that having recorded. So, <laughs> but you know, um. Yeah, it was it was a really really solid movie. And then another one I saw um, that you have seen as well. I've been talking a lot about it, but I'll go over the quick story: Trial of the Chicago Seven, where basically a couple people who were against the Vietnam War they went to the Democratic National Convention in 1968 to protest. I believe it was Hubert Humphrey. Uh, they were trying to peacefully protest his nomination for president, and stuff got out of hand. We'll leave it like that. And then they went on trial for. What was the inciting riot. yeah inciting a riot or something like that? A suspicion of, of incitement of a riot, I think, is what it officially is well, called. Some, something across state lines, yeah. They they get them on a technicality, you know. So. Yeah, and it basically like it revolves mostly, I think, around the judge uh, Hoffman because uh, they were trying to show that he had a racial prejudice and like he was removing jurors who had sympathy. Uh, for he them. was just—I think it was just the epitome of a boomer, you know. He was like it wasn't so much I mean, a racial thing with him; it was just a 
old. He wasn't actually a boomer. He was actually a. Uh, well, you know, in the the equivalent of a boomer now. You know. Yeah, he, he was a silent generation, like born in like 1890, So and he really just like there are points in the movie where like they have a solid case for the defense and he just throws it out because he doesn't, because he can do that. Yeah. Him, yeah. That's basically, that's basically how it worked uh, for him. And uh, I remember the end of the movie, uh, it was, they were, they were, she was reading one of the girls, I forget her name. She was reading the names of like, you know, while you're doing this, 4,000 men have died in Vietnam and she started reading off names. And then eventually the case just was just dismissed. Um, I think at the end of the movie, they, because it's based off a true story, you can look it up. They appealed it, but they still, the judge denied the appeal, so they got like five years in prison each or something like that. Is that what I, uh, I'm pretty sure. Oh, um, I, I, remember, <clears throat> I remember the cheering. I remember people cheering, they're reading names. Maybe, you know, you know I don't know if that actually happened or not, but I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise it, me. Um, I didn't really, wasn't paying attention because it, it did the thing where it would talk about their lives at the end, and I didn't really pay attention to that. Maybe it mentioned, Something like that. I just wasn't paying attention. Yeah. Um, some positives. Uh, I'll say. So it's one of the most, the one of the more interesting court dramas I've ever seen in my life. You know, like it's over two hours long, and I was invested the entire time. Which brings me to my next point. I think the editing was great. I think it's probably going to win best editing at the Oscars. I hope so. Yeah, I thought the editing was great. Um, like all seven leads, you know. you don't really form relationships with them, but the ones that you do, they all but, have great chemistry. And yeah, because you're like, I really want that. Because if you don't know anything about it, you're like, I really hope that this person, you know, uh, does or uh, brings the case uh, so they get freed, or you know, you're hoping that they, yeah. you know, do get <clears throat> some sort of good. But you know based off of the judge just watching the movie Hoffman, he's kind of just like, nope, nope, nope. And he doesn't really give a real arbitrarily good reason. He just says, well, I'm the judge. So. Yeah, it, it really, Frank Langella plays a giant prick and uh, he was good at it. We'll just put it like that. Cause you were really at points. You're just like, holy crap, dude, good God. How can you be this big of an asshole? Yeah, I know. Especially it's like, you don't even have the evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Michael Keaton's little bit part was great. Uh, I think he plays one of the one of the best um what's the word best uh witnesses for the defense and the judge doesn't even let the jury hear it so which uh, is which is kind of funny because you know he 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 pre he makes a very good point but Hoffman's like no well because no. the whole point is this guy was the attorney general under Johnson when the events happened and he's mm-hmm. like yeah we found no evidence that um you know yeah, the Chicago did. 7 actually incited riots we found it was the police who did it and yeah. um but the judge won't let the jury hear that which is a key you know thing and then they're like well you know what you're not the attorney general anymore so <laughs> yeah um before we talk about the one actor i know we both want to talk about i want to mention uh Joseph Gordon Levitt he gave a good performance as somebody who you know you, you can tell he doesn't completely he he believes in the law more than he you know he he's loyal to the law but he can he sympathizes with them you know like he mm-hmm. um he's just basically he's doing his job and he thinks it's right even though he's having apprehensions about it and i think he plays that very well if that makes sense you know it, it yeah it, make, it makes um i can 
Yeah, it makes sense. I can see what you're trying to say. Yeah. But let's talk about the actor who we think it was the best part of the movie, Sasha Baron Cohen. Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. yeah he plays Abby Hoffman, and he just – it's just a great – he plays, like, the um, the funny asshole. You know what I mean? Kind of just like – I know what you mean. But also when there's moments where he needs to get serious, like um, when him and Eddie Redmayne are fighting at the end over something. Mm. Uh, he gets real serious about that. And, and, and I, again, I've seen the movie one time, so I can't remember exactly what they were speaking about, but um, he does a good job. I thought it was something about his organization, uh, the, the youth something, the, the, the youth, I, I think the, nick, the, they, the nickname was like Yippie or whatever. I think yeah, that's what they were but, arguing about if I remember right. But again, I've only seen it one time like yourself. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, even the scene where he gets, like, uh, questioned by Joseph Gordon-Levin, he's like, you know, I've never had, I've never been on trial for my thoughts before. Mm. Um, oh, and I should also mention um, the one guy, I think his name was Bobby Seal. He was the one um, black uh, defendant who, like, wasn't part of the Chicago 7, but he was on trial with them. You know the guy I'm talking about? The guy who they gagged and bound in the courtroom because he was telling Oh! Them, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that's... I know what you're talking about. That scene was intense. That. Yeah. That scene was intense, and uh, I thought they played it very well. Again, Sasha Baron Cohen had to be serious in that moment. I thought he did a great, and... Yeah, I mean, just that whole scene, I think, just... Really shows what a jerk the uh, the, the judge was. Yeah, the like, main... you know, if I if I unrestrain you, or am I going to get your promise that you're not going to disrupt the thing? He's like, nope. And yeah, so, I mean, and even Joseph Gordon Levin, Levitt and the and the prosecutors, they're like, dude, that's that's messed up. Like, you know, take him off yeah. this, and we want a mistrial, and they get him off, um, and they quit him. But yeah, it's just, ugh. and even that guy didn't even have a lawyer present. Um, and they didn't even care. He's like, you know, my lawyer is in San Francisco or something, and he's in the hospital. He's like, well, we don't care. We're going ahead. It's like, well, yeah, because they're um, they just they were they were trying to convict them. Just just wanted to get it out of the way because they didn't like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which you know, I'd comment on like you know the the whole. I mean, obviously the movie it's about the trial. I wouldn't say it's more of a comment on the Vietnam War. I would guess it would just be more of a trial on how. It was it was on the trial, but at the end they tried to shoehorn in the uh, the Vietnam thing. Yeah, which was I mean I get why they did it, but it, it was like the the point of the movie is not to counter protest the Vietnam War. We've had millions of movies like that. This movie is about the injustice of the whole trial. Yeah. So it's, it's it was it was more yeah, of a it, it was trying to say like Hoffman is telling like these people who are like oh I have sympathies because. You know, I don't think that they're in the wrong, or he's that he was trying to he's trying to scare some of the jurors by like, well, if you know, if you uh, don't convict these people, and I think he mentioned the Black Panthers at one point. He, oh, he mentioned yeah. something like he, that. He's he he trying to basically like, them. Yeah. like rig the whole thing against them in a legal way, and I think that was trying what they were trying to. Um, Trying to one one push. line that I thought Sasha Baron Cohen did like just beautifully that I thought was really thought provoking and I should mention Aaron Sorkin wrote and directed this movie and he did like The West Wing he's done like other you know his writing is famous we'll put it like that I think he might have written The Social Network I think I think he I 
I'm gonna. Anthony's, did he write the Social Network? I thought he. Uh, I know. I thought he co-wrote it. Uh, hold on one second. Let me look this up. Me too. Because I, uh, I swear he co-wrote it. He also did like um, a few good men. He did Charlie Wilson's War. Steve Jobs. He wrote and he won the Academy Award for Social Network. Yeah. So, oh my God. Okay. Yeah. So basically, um, <clears throat> one line that I thought was great was like, you know, do you do you wish to overthrow the government? He's like, well, we do it every four years. So or something like that. Yeah. It- but he, he just gave a stellar performance. And I mean, yeah, I think uh, so we'll, we'll talk about it again when we talk about the Oscars, but I think he's very deserving of an Oscar for that movie. Sacha Baron Cohen, that is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else you want to say? Cause I, I would give it a solid nine out of 10 as well. I, I'm right there with you. Nine out of 10. Mm-hmm. I don't really have that many complaints with it, to be honest with you. I oh, thought it was a good movie. Yeah. I, I also want to mention the guy, what's his name? Um, Mark Rylance, he uh, he did a good job as the defending attorney. Attorney, I gotta remember names. There's really, <laughs> there's a really intense scene where they're like playing a recording of Eddie Redmayne's character and how he unintentionally started the, the um, riots and things mm-hmm. like that. So yeah, um, but yeah, like I said, nine out of ten for that movie. Um, I agree. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's talk about the Oscar nominations. Uh, just a little bit of background because of the COVID nineteen. Pandemic um, movies that were released from January 1st, 2020 until February 28th of this year were uh, eligible to be nominated. The nominations came out this today, Monday, and uh, it's coming or the Oscars are on April 25th, which I will watch anyway. um, Okay, so let's go from the bottom, work our way up. Okay, hold on. And we're just going to go based off what we know and... um, we're, we're going to say it like this. We'll do our picks if we have seen these and like if we actually have an opinion. If we don't care, we're going to mention it. Also, we're just going to take into effect, you know, just we know how the Oscars go and based off like the Golden Globes and things like that. I don't think the SAG Awards have happened yet. So just kind of like make, using? we're going to make some, some assumptions based on evidence and just kind of just knowing how the Academy works. So, <clears throat> so this category, Best Visual Effects, I want to mention – this is one of those movies where it's like we didn't really have very big many blockbusters last year, so that's why a lot of these nominees are just kind of like what. Um, Tenant, I can see. I don't even know what the one and only Ivan is. Uh, the Mul- the Mulan remake <clears throat> is in there. Uh, Love and Monsters and The Midnight Sky. I don't. I. It's I I honestly I, mean, don't, I, I could I could see. <clears throat> I know like with this, with this, sorry, I got crap in my throat. I know that yeah. um, they like not just like computer effects, but they also like just like visual, like practical effects. So I'm probably going to say Tenet's going to win this one, but I haven't mm. seen any of those movies. So um, would you agree? I, I'm going to have to say yes, because I, like, I haven't seen much. Yeah, I mean, honestly, though, like, we, we can't really make an informed decision about this. It's kind of up to anyone. But, I mean, if I had – if you made me, you know, bet – if you had me pick, I'd probably say Tenet. So. Okay. Um, so, instead of best sound mixing and sound editing, they put it together to best sound this year, which is kind of stupid, in my opinion. Um, sound of Metal, which I did want to see. It's on Amazon Prime. I just haven't gotten around to seeing it yet. Basically, this guy is a drummer in the band. He starts going deaf, and he has to go live with a deaf society. Um, oh, <clears throat> and then there's soul uh news of the world 
Oh wait, isn't this the world? Oh, that's the Tom Hanks cowboy. Okay. Uh, yes. Mank, and then Greyhound. Which which was Greyhound? Real quick. Oh, that's that Tom Hanks World War Two movie. Okay. Um, just based on the fact that I know Oscars love, they love to give it to uh, war movies. I'm gonna go with Greyhound just because it's a war movie, and that's war movies. They typically they give them the, like give it to the Dunkirk. Movie. They gave it like Dunkirk came out the same year as Baby Driver, which I thought deserved best sound editing, but they gave it to Dunkirk and. It it goes to war movies all the time, so that's just my guess. I mean, more more than likely, come on. Mm-hmm. Uh, best film editing, we already mentioned this earlier. I think The Trial of Chicago 7 is going to get it, because I've seen it. Um, Nomadland was nominated, too. I didn't think the editing was anything too special. Um, Sound of Metal, haven't seen it. The Father, haven't seen it. Promising Young Woman. I wasn't sure if that was... On Netflix, I haven't, I haven't, I don't think I've had the ability to see that, so I haven't seen it. But just my, my, I think the trial of Chicago Seven deserves it. So for best editing, yeah, that's the one I've seen. So I'm gonna go with it. Yep, um, I'm gonna skip the best original song one just because I don't remember any of these songs. Oh, I mean, there's like one from Judas and the Black Messiah. There's one. From Charles Chicago Seven, but I don't remember that at all. I think I stopped, like I, I exited out as soon as the movie was over. Um, something from Eurovision Song Contest, uh, the Will Ferrell movie, and then One Night in Miami, and yeah, I, I just, I don't know. Um, best original score: The Five Bloods, Mank, which was Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. I should mention. Just, I'll bring that up in a second. Minari, I don't know what that is. News of the World, I haven't seen it. And Soul, which is also Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, which is kind of cool. And John Batiste, I think is his name. Um, original score, like I haven't seen the other movies. I've seen Soul. I thought the score was unique. I thought it was good. I think it deserves it. I don't know if it's going to win, but I think it deserves it. I do too. It was a fantastic movie. It sounded gorgeous. I agree. Yeah. Um, best makeup and hairstyling. Uh, okay, so I've only seen one movie out of all these nominees. Uh, Emma. Me as well. Have you seen Emma? Yes, I have. I saw it at Grace's. I did not see Emma. Um, Hillbilly. I, it was great. Okay, okay. Hillbilly Elegy. Uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, that's the one I've seen. Mank and Pinocchio, which apparently is a Italian movie. Okay. Anyway. Because, <clears throat> yeah. Um. Makeup and hairstyling. I've I've only seen Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, but I mean they they do go with period pieces a lot, so it wouldn't surprise me if Emma. And, and Emma was a surprisingly very colorful period piece. Mm-hmm. So it's between those two, in my opinion. Um, Mank might get it because they made Gary Oldman, you know, look mm. like that. Maybe Hillbilly Elegy. I don't know. It's kind of a toss up, but. My money would be on Emma just because period pieces usually get it. Yeah, and like I said, it was it was very colorful. Mm-hmm. Um, best costume design is Emma, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, Mulan, and Pinocchio. Uh, costume design, it's probably going to go to Emma again. Or if they're going to go the Disney route, Mulan, but I don't. No. When's the last time Disney actually won an Oscar? Yeah, you get a point. Yeah. Um, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, I wouldn't be surprised nor upset if it won so you know but um 
Production design. Uh, so the nominees, The Father, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, News of the World, and Tenet. Just based off what I know, um, it's probably going to go to Tenet. Because I was going to say Tenet as well. I mean, Christopher Nolan does a fantastic movie. I have yet to watch it, but I do know. Well, I've I mean, seen from the trailers there's a scene where like they blow up an airplane. I know he likes to do everything practical, so <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, just my guess would be Tenet, but production design, I mean, it could, again, kind of a toss-up. Um, cinematography, uh, Trial of Chicago 7 is nominated, Nomadland, News of the World, Mank, and Judas and the Black Messiah. Again, I wanted to see Judas and the Black Messiah, but I missed the window of opportunity, unfortunately. Um, I'm probably going to say Nomadland is going to get it because there's some pretty beautiful shots in that movie. Like, it really I'm going to have to – the only one I can say is Trial, but I'll throw a wild card in, a movie I haven't seen. I'll just say Mank. No reason. I'm just going to say it. Mm-hmm. Well, Nomadland, it kind of, it goes from, it starts out in, um, I think, northern Arizona, where it's like, you know, near the Rocky Mountains, and it gets cold, and you kind of really feel the cold, and then it goes to the desert, and it goes in the woods, and I thought the cinematography was pretty good, so it wouldn't surprise me if it got, if Nomadland got it. Um, animated short film, I haven't seen any of these, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, me either. And then... Live action short film. I haven't seen any of those either. Me neither. Uh, documentary short short subject. I have not seen any of those. I've not seen any of the best documentary features. Although I do want to point out, I just saw um, on Netflix. I just saw Biggie. I got a story to tell. I think it was called the one about Biggie. Yeah, I I heard that was a thing. I have to watch that. It's a little long, but I did thoroughly enjoy it. I I yeah. Um, I like me some Biggie Smalls. Anyway. Um, haven't seen any of the movies for best international feature film. Couldn't couldn't tell you. Best animated feature film. It's going to go to Soul because has to. It has to be Soul. Yeah, I mean, Onward was also nominated, but I'm real. You, you, I'm going with Soul. Soul. Um, Sean the Sheep though was also nominated, so there's that. Um, I've changed my vote. Sean the Sheep. No, right. I'm kidding. Okay, so do you want to do best original or best adapted screenplay first? Uh, let's do original. Let's do OG. Okay, best original screenplay was Judas and the Black Messiah, Minari, I don't know what that is, Promising Young Woman, which I do know the story about, Sound of Metal, and Trial of Chicago 7. I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to go to Chicago, the Trial of 7, or Trial of Chicago 7, because the writing is very just Oscar-y, you know what I mean? Yeah, in between. Yeah, it's very award-worthy, and the Academy will probably do it. Um, okay. Yeah, would you agree with that pick? I I can agree to it. I thought it was good. Um, and then best adapted screenplay. I'm going to, uh, so the white tiger based on a novel of the same name, one night in Miami based on a play, uh, nomad land based on a book, the father based on a play. And, uh, believe it or not, Borat subsequent movie film was nominated, uh, based on the character of Borat. There's your winner. I want it to win so bad. It's going to probably go to Nomadland, but I really, really want Borat. It better go to Borat. Come on, Borat. It's not going to go to Borat, but God, I would love it if Borat did. Um, my my money's probably on Nomadland, but God, I want Borat to win. I'll throw my hat in for Borat. Right. All right, so supporting actress. Um, I want to try to say this name correctly, and I'm sorry if I can't say it. 
Yoon Yo Jung. Uh, she's a South Korean actress. She was in Minari. Uh, Amanda Seyfried is in Mank. Olivia Coleman for The Father. Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy. And uh, Maria Bakalova for playing Borat's daughter. That was actually kind of cool to saw that she got nominated for that. Um, I mean, she was basically being herself just with an accent. No, I thought she did a good job of playing a supporting role to, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen as Borat. So. I did too. Um, honestly, I think she has a shot. It's probably going to go to like, I think the only other real competition she might have is Olivia Coleman and the father, just because I know, like, I mean, I, I haven't seen any of the other movies, but I just, I feel like if they're, if, I don't know, just knowing how the Academy goes, but I really want Maria Bakalova to get it. I, I agree with that. I mean, when I watched your house, we had a great time watching it. Yep, and I do apologize. I said her name pretty much spot on, as opposed to the South Korean actress. But uh, I have heard her. I have heard Maria Bakalova's name in uh, interviews, so that's why I know how to say it. Um, but yeah, my I would really. That's my pick. I don't know if it's a sure like, if she's going to win. But God, can you imagine winning a movie for or winning an Oscar for Borat? That would be awesome. That'd be wild. Anyway, uh, best supporting actor we got Lakeith Stanfield. Stanfield, excuse me, for Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, Paul Racy? I'd say Racy, yeah. Risey. I, I don't know. Um, sounds racy. metal. Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya, Kaluuya, um, for Judas and the Black Messiah. And, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, Trial Chicago 7, Sasha Baron Cohen. Even it though- It has to be shot. Sasha or, I know Daniel Kaluuya's work, and I mean- He won the Golden I hadn't Globe, seen the movie, but he's a good actor. Here's the thing. We can't base it completely off the Golden Globes because the Golden Globes are not always a surefire. Like, you can't always look at the Golden Globes and like, okay, they're going to win the Oscar. I mean, Um, yeah, there are movies that won Golden Globes but never won an Oscar. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure The Revenant won Best Picture at the Golden Globes and then it lost at the Oscars to Spotlight. But anyway, um, it's, it's between Sacha Baron Cohen and Daniel Kaluuya. My pick would be Sasha Baron Cohen, but that's because I've seen that movie. So I'll have to go with Sasha as well. Um, best actress. This is one I feel confident in my pick, but also um, I have not seen three out of the five nominees. So, I mean, you know, it could go up. Um, actually, is that? Okay, so I do need to see that movie. Um, <clears throat> one movie I didn't get around to seeing was um, The United States versus Billie Holiday, um, Andrew Day. She was nominated for that. Um, Viola Davis for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman. Uh, Frances McDormand for Nomadland. And then Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. Um, as far as I know, Promising Young Woman is about a woman whose friend was like raped or something. So she goes on a revenge spree against it. That's as far as I know. Um, I've heard good things, but... Uh, my my pick is probably it's probably going to go to Frances McDormand, but if it went to someone else, I mean, that, I don't know. This the acting categories are always hard to nail down because like because you're like thinking of their other work too. Yeah, like who was I thinking of? I was sure that Scarlett Johansson was going to get probably Best Actress last um, last go around last year. Yeah, and then she lost to I don't remember who. Um, oh, Renee Zellweger, but. I mean, then you get, like, surefire ones like Joaquin Phoenix as Joker. Like, you know he's going to win that. So, like, I, I don't. Yeah. But 
my pick is probably Frances McDormand. I mean, I'm not, you know, I didn't like the movie as much as the other ones I saw, but it was still a pretty solid movie, and she, you know, carries the movie. It's her movie, so. Yeah. And then... I can dig it. Best actor, um, Stephen Yun. It, it's the guy who plays Glenn on The Walking Dead. I, I'm just trying to make sure I stay, I'm saying his name right. Stephen Jun? Okay. Um, according to the Wikipedia, uh, for Minari... And then Gary Oldman is for Mank and Anthony Hopkins for The Father. Um, Riz Ahmed, uh, I believe is how you say his name, for A Sound of Metal. And then Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, to me, it's between Riz Ahmed and Chadwick Boseman just based on what I'm hearing. But having seen uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, I think he gave a great performance in that movie. Like I said, he kind of, he, he draws the line between like funny slapsticky to serious and, and saddening very well. He switches, you know, like that. And there are some scenes where he has to go from really happy to really sad, just like really quick. Yeah. So yeah, I I'll think have to trust you on this one. I'll have to go with that. Cause it's I mean, an hour and a half long, watch it on Netflix, you know, that's, that's all I'm saying, but I'll, I'll have to um, probably when my days off. I think he is probably going to get it. Uh, posthumous, posh, I can't say that. Posthumous. Um, Oscar. So it's a shame he died, but you know. Yeah. Um, best director Lee Isaac Chung for Minari, Emerald Fennell for Promising a Woman, David Fincher for Mac, uh, Thomas Vinterberg for Another Round, and Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Honestly, I think it's going to go to Chloe Zhao. I thought that was a wonderfully directed movie. Like I said, the story was a little weak, but I thought the direction was great. It's probably going to go to okay. her. She won the Golden Globe, so I can I can dig that. Then I'll I'll trust your judgment on this one. Yeah, like I said, I don't know. I'm, I I don't want to make it seem like it's worse than it is. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I guess just out of all the other movies I saw, it was the one I liked the least. You know. Yeah. So, but um, <clears throat> and then so yeah, I'm I'm probably going to go with that. And then for best picture. Out of all of these ones, this is kind of like one where I'm just like, meh. Because like, I think all the nominees are pretty like... Like, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom's not nominated. Uh, I thought that would have been deserving. Um, all right, so I'll just read the nominees. The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomad Land, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and Trial of Chicago 7. I mean, these, I th- like I said, I've only seen like two of them. And of the two that I've seen, I'd go Trial of the Chicago 7. But like, out of all those picks, I, I honestly think it's probably going to be Trial of the Chicago 7. But that's just me. Right. It could be a curveball and go to like Judas or the father even. They could throw a curveball. You never know. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Mank could win a bunch of these awards. I haven't exactly. seen it. It's on Netflix. I need to watch it. It's just... um. I mean, out of all those, it might go Nomadland. I think Trial of Chicago 7 has a, I don't, it has a chance, but knowing the Academy, it, I feel like Nomadland would probably edge it out just a little bit. Yeah. I, I would I would bet a safe bet on uh, Francis Norman. Yeah. Well, at least for Best Actress, yeah. But no. for Best Picture, I, I don't know. I could see it winning, but I, I think it's a tie. 
at least in my view, between Trial of Chicago 7 and Nomadland, because, I mean, obviously those are the only two I've seen out of the list. But um, yeah. I think, in my opinion, what I would prefer out of those two would be Trial of Chicago 7. I thought it was a better movie. But Nomadland is deserving as well. It's just a personal thing that I would pick Trial of Chicago 7. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's what I'd like to win. But I could see Nomadland winning it in a way. And then, like you said, watch a curveball come and have, have Mank win it over everything. Yeah, it's just a movie that we hadn't seen. And if we never get around to seeing it, and then suddenly, oh, Mank won every award, cleaned house. Well, because, like, wild. I didn't see Parasite when it won last year, and I didn't see Green Book when it won the year before. Was that called Green Book? Yeah. Um, and I didn't see, what was that movie? Uh, the one with the fish. The Hmm? Why am I the the Guillermo del Toro movie the something what Shape of Water the Shape of Water Yeah, I didn't see that one. So I saw it twice. I thought it deserved something, but not Best Picture. Yeah, my opinion, but that's just me. I remember being on a flight from New York to LA the day after the Oscars that year and um, watching Get Out and um, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, because they just won Oscars. So anyway, um, anyway. But yeah, those are those are our picks, at least you know for the. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. we'll we'll come back on uh, you know in about a month and some change when the Oscar. What is what day is that? It's a Sunday, so yeah, it'll. Yep, and that's my day off. Nice. So yeah, we can we can uh, circle back around that, but you know it. Um, like I said, the thing is because we didn't get as many movies this year because of the pandemic. I mean, some movies were put on hold. Some movies, you know, they were filmed in 2019. They went on streaming because people couldn't see them in the theater, things like that. Um, yeah, that's kind of just the state of things right now. But yeah, yeah, not not bad movies at all. I just, you know, like no. I said, it's just it's not a normal year. I guess is what we're trying. Yeah, to say. it's we just with, with time and with theaters being closed, it's kind of like you got to make a balance, and it's really hard to make a balance. Yeah. Um, I've heard that, you know, most Americans are going to be eligible to get the vaccine by May. So I'm hoping that, you know, we can get back to having some summer blockbusters still in the theaters. I mean, I don't think, you know, we should go back to immediately, you know, the big, you know, 400 people in one theater thing. But, um, you know, I mean, I haven't been to a movie since Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Um, oh, last sky, last Skywalker, whatever. Yeah. The Rise of Skywalker. Rise. Um, I would enjoy going back. I mean, so like Black Widow is still coming out in May. You know what I think is probably going to happen is they're going to push things back to July. So we're going to start getting big movies in like July or August. Like still like let people get vaccinated in May and June. So that way, you know, they can start doing things. But hopefully, because, you know, I think a lot of states have eased back their restrictions right now. But time will tell. You know, I, I I think... Honestly, I've enjoyed movies going straight to streaming because I can just watch them in my own time at my own house. I don't have to spend money on popcorn and sodas and whatnot. And, you know, I mean, I still like basically, I think you mentioned this last time we talked about this. You're paying for the experience, you know? Yeah, you're not paying for the movie. You're paying for experience. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I, I'm, I mean, I love going to the theater, but I also like being able to pause the movie when I need to use the bathroom. And I like, um, you know, saving money, not having to drive, you know, to the movie theater and, you know, having to, you know, 
deal with noisy people and yeah it's just a pain in the ass especially the kids i don't know um anyway some movies are just designed to be seen in a theater but at the same time you know yeah it's it's a cost thing so anyway um we'll come back i mean we might do another episode this week this was kind of like a special little one since the oscar nominations came out but Thank you guys for listening. Um, always, you know, fun to do this with you, Alec. And uh, anybody? Yeah, we. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm tired. But yeah, thank you guys uh, for listening. Too. Let us know uh, what you think should win these awards. You know, and um, I guess we should uh, maybe we'll we'll do like a little party or uh, or like a Zoom party um, on the Oscar night, and we'll take a shot every time we're wrong. So. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, I don't right. know if I'm make do a whole live stream that, but anyway. Um, yeah. Thank you guys for listening and have a good rest of your days. Stay safe.